0: Welcome and thank you for joining us for this week's Everyman Worldwide Livestream Study. Now today, I'd like to take a survey. How many of you enjoy being told how to live, what to do, where you can go, and when you have to say no or yes? You know, it's not a trick question and the answer isn't tricky either. The Bible says that every man is at war inside over which voice will control his actions. There's the voice of the flesh or the voice of God. Now let's face it, no man likes to surrender control of his choices to anyone. And yet, that's exactly what God asks us to do, surrender control of how we think and live to his way. Does that sound like a battle of wills? Does it feel like a battle of wills? Well, welcome to our topic for part three of Core Conflicts. In today's study, pastor and men's expert, Kenny Luck, is going to explore the whole issue of who is in charge, the battle for control and disciplining yourself to surrender to God's authority. This will be a life-changing study, and I encourage you to lean in. But before we get started, Take a second and share this live stream with a friend. Now, let's join Pastor Kenny, live from Crossline Church in Laguna Hills, California, for part three of Core Conflicts.
1: Hey, good morning, men. If you have a Bible, you're going to want to hold a spot in Romans chapter 7 and Romans chapter 8. We're in this series called Core Conflicts. We're looking at the powerful battles uh, within every man. That'll make or break his relationships with God and people. All right, I'm going to say that one more time. We're looking at the the battles within every man. That if he doesn't learn how to win those battles, it's going to make or break his relationships with God and people. So, what we're doing in this series is we're identifying the core conflict, uh, we're defining it, and we're letting God uh, speak into the conflict. And we're going to start right away with a core conflict fact. All right, if you're in the room, might want to write this down and it's this. How I resolve my conflicts inside of me ripples into my relationships right beside me. Your relationship stories are inside stories. Okay? What's going on within you? Your character, your affections, your mind, your heart, and whatever has control there is going to take over control of your relationships. It's gonna spill into that. In fact, that's what the Bible teaches, all right? In James chapter four, verse one, it says this. Let's read it together. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Okay, I think we can all relate to that. You know, where something's going on on the inside, whether it's with you, or whether it's with a friend, or whether it's with a spouse, or the girl you're dating, or whatever, it's where you're like, is there something going on? You ever ask that question? Hey, what's going on here? You know? And it's because there's something inside of them that's going on, that's impacting, and it's coming outside, and it's affecting your relationship. So the inside battle has to be won. And the Bible speaks into that, all right? In Galatians chapter five, it says it this way, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, there's the relationship. And then you see the relationship being impacted. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Okay, there's a dilemma. Now let's finish the verse together. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So the Bible sets relationships in context of the inside story going on. Well, what's the inside story? Well, either God's spirit is winning on the inside, or you are winning on the inside, all right? What the Bible calls the flesh. So the quality of my relationships always reflects who is in control on the inside. Now, to kind of paint a picture uh, of this battle, I want to talk about, A little counterintelligence and a little espionage for a sec, all right? The most infamous spy in U.S. history, double agent, his name is Robert Hansen. Okay, if you're familiar with U.S. intelligence at all, this guy, who was the most unassuming, quote-unquote, religious guy, who worked in counterespionage at the FBI, uh, took down more agents, foreign agents uh, in the field created the most damage, Uh, and this guy was inconspicuous. He was elusive. He was knowledgeable, career guy, 20 years in the FBI, and he was what they call a mole, right? Someone within the organization that had precise intelligence, timely intelligence, deadly knowledge of the organization, and he was inside of it to use it to, uh, to, to, to give information to a foreign power. And in giving that information to the foreign power, uh, we lost so many agents. But sometimes I feel, and this is the, the connect, sometimes I feel like there's a mole within the Kenny Luck organization. And it's me and that that old me he has intimate knowledge precise knowledge he's inconspicuous almost his 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 cover is that he's me so it's uh, almost unintelligible but he does not have my best interest in mind okay it's the old nature it's the flesh it's that part of me that wants to do the wrong thing okay and the bible talks about uh, the flesh as the mole. Well, I want to define what the mole is, just kind of technically, and then we'll look at the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about that part of you that does not want to cooperate with God. And then we'll look at the goal of the mole, and then we'll look how to defeat him. All right, so definition of a mole. A person who becomes a part of and works from within the ranks of an organization, government, or intelligence agency. All right, now Paul, the apostle, Great man of God, right? He knew the mole within. He talks about him in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 to 17. Okay, let's let's read that together. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. So Paul named the mole. It's a sin nature. Okay, everybody say sin nature, sin nature. Okay, I call my mole the chump. You hear me talk about that all the time. There's the chump and the champ, all right? You know, the champ loves Jesus. The champ wants to please God. The champ wants healthy relationships. The champ wants to love God and love people. Then there's the chump, and the chump is selfish. You know, this whole idea of naming the mole within uh, I was watching, or I was reading a story uh, about Joe Namath. Okay, Joe Namath, famous quarterback, New York Jets, Alabama, uh, you know, an icon in the football world. And uh, Joe had a battle with alcoholism. Okay, so uh, the 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 situation that that made it apparent to the world was he was he was serving as an analyst <laughs> for a college football game, and the reporter was on the sideline and he was with the reporter the female reporter and uh she said joe what do you think about you know a certain aspect of the game and and joe had had one too many before he went to work that day and he looked at the reporter who was very good looking and uh he said you're pretty (laughs) on national television (laughs) and uh And then he said, "Uh, so the quarterback over this team, you know, he's got a 65% completion percentage, blah, blah, blah. And he looks at her and he says, I want to kiss you. (laughs) And it was the most humiliating thing. So Joe, I mean, it was so humiliating. So Joe gets, God bless him, Joe gets into a rehabilitation program. And, um, And then the reporter for USA Today is asking him questions like, so what's life like now? And you know what he said? He described it so well. He goes, you know, I was at a University of Alabama alumni function, and uh, they were serving alcohol, and, uh, and, and Slick started talking to me. You know, and goes, who's Slick? You know, Slick is that voice in my head that said, oh, it's okay. You can have just one drink. Oh, it's okay. And I thought to myself, man, he's named his sin nature. That part of him that wants to take him down, take his recovery down, ruin his life, ruin his relationships, And then it's so funny. I told this story at a conference one time, and then I got a picture in the mail. And it said it was a, it was a liquor store, and the name of the liquor store was Slick's Liquor Store. Okay? But you guys get the picture, all right? Paul called his mole the sin nature, the flesh. He was in conflict with it. Joe Namath called his flesh that part of him that wanted to do the wrong thing, that wanted to take down his life. Slick. I call him a chum. You can call him whatever you want. Uh, God says, write this down, I have an inherited predisposition to do the wrong thing. It's called the sin nature. I have an inherited predisposition to do the wrong thing. Thank you, Adam. All right? Talks about that in Romans chapter 5. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners. Okay? Through one man's decision, sin infects the world. And, and, and through sin, births death within humanity, inside people, outside people. Um, but just as through the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners, so also through the one man, many were made righteous. So it's not like we're helpless. We have an advocate in Christ... And in him, we can defeat the flesh. So God says, I have an inherited deep deep predisposition to do the wrong thing, the selfish thing, the self-protecting thing, the self-defensive thing, the self-important thing. You know, when you think of the chump, slick, or your sinful nature, just put an equal sign and put self, okay? It's going to act in self-interest, all right? So what's the goal of the mole in your organization, all right? First goal of the mole is to get you to take the bait. Write that down. To take the bait. All right? Let's read James chapter 1, verse 14 together. Ready? Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Right? In another translation, it says, Temptation comes from the lure of our own deep evil desires. How many of you have ever been into a Bass Pro Shop or a Cabela's? Raise your hand. Okay, pretty cool, right? Did you know that in Bass Pro Shop, they have over 30,000 lures? Okay, in stock, right there, ready for you to buy. Okay, so one time I was in a city uh, that I was speaking in and I wanted to you know, see if they would donate a prize for the guys in the room. So I went and I talked to the lure manager. What a job. It's like, hey, so what do you do? I'm in banking. What do you do? I'm a lure manager, you know. But he manages all the all the lures, and so he he brings me this lure. He goes, "This is my best one." I'm like, "Who's this? What does this catch?" Oh, catch this catches catches bass, okay. And it, and, it, and it looked like a little fish, and it was like painted like a little fish. It looked like a little fish. It wriggled like a little fish. It had like a glass eyeballs, you know. It was la- it, like on the box. It said laser and ins- laser painting, you know, like. All these great just to make a fake thing look like the real thing, right? And when you think of slick, the chump, your flesh, he always tries to make your number one temptation, your number one solution, and get you to take the bait. right? Always painting a, a solution that sounds good, sounds right, feels right in the moment, right? But you know what? Just like that lure, right? What's in the bottom of that lure? That's right. Yeah, stainless, a, a steel hook right there. And it's going to drag you away. I love the language. Temptation comes from the, our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. I'm sure many of you have listened to the, the sin nature like I have in the past, and you took the bait, and you chomped down on the solution that was offered by that mole within your organization, and it enticed you, and it snagged you, and it drug you away, and you ended up gasping for air on the boat of life. Okay, that's what the Bible says the golden mole. So you got to kind of see that this, this, this sin nature inside of you does not have your best interest in mind. Does it offer solutions that look real? Yes. Do they sound great? Yes. Do they rationalize sin? Yes. Do they rationalize selfish behavior? Yes. Okay? So that's number one goal of the mole is that you would take the bait. Number two, the goal of the mole is to disconnect you from God. How? By dominating your thoughts. All right. Just the big yakker. I don't know about you, but I'm always battling this voice within that is, it, it is suggesting things and it's, uh, it's offering things. And sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but it's like, where did that thought come from? Like you're in the middle of something, it's like, whoa, what, where did that come from? that suggested kind of this, 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 this behavior or this action. Well, the Bible talks about that, and the end game of that, if I act on that thought. Look at what it says in Romans chapter eight. It says this, those who live according to the chump have their minds set on what the chump desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh The chump is what? Death. But the mind governed by the spirit is what? Life and peace. All right, let's finish it together. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So you see that if you're listening to the chump, if you're listening to the sin nature, you, you, you cut off your relationship with God. You cannot please God when you are, when you are listening to that voice inside that is telling you to, to be self-indulgent or self-gratify or self-protect um, or be self-important, all right? And, um, and it's a mindset. And so there is a battle for your mind. That's why when Jesus said, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. All right, that's why when Paul advises the C- Corinthian church, he says and 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 we have we 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 demolish, right? Get the picture of this. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive, right? So if you win the battle of the mind, if you're if you win the battle of the mind, you'll win the battle of flesh and spirit, right? Because there's different desires and there's different thoughts, there's different ways of being and believing and behaving. The flesh has one way to be and believe and behave, and the spirit has another way, All right, God's way, the way you're intended to live. So goal of the mole, number one, everybody say, take the bait. bait. Okay, number two, disconnect me from God. Disconnect me from God. Number three, to keep me immature. Now, I know everyone understands this. I know I certainly do, that when I'm listening to the chump, uh, my, my graduation level is about sixth grade. All right, when I'm acting uh, in my own interest all the time, I have uh, an adult man's body, an adult man's responsibilities, an adult man's job, but I can turn into a boy in a heartbeat if I lic- listen to the flesh or the chump. Okay, the, the goal of the, the mole is to keep you immature. Now, Paul, in talking to a set of believers, he addresses this, okay? He says this, brothers, I could not address you in 1 Corinthians 3, brothers, I could not address you as people who live, what? By the spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready, you are still worldly. Okay, let's finish it together. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? And so do you see how the relational reflects the internal? He's identifying what's in control. They're not living by the spirit. So if you're not living by the spirit, you're being controlled by your flesh. He can see it and diagnose it by the quality of their relationships. He's going, hmm, one plus one equals two. All right, quarreling, divided among one another. They're in the realm of the flesh, which means they're not living by the Spirit. And there's a connection that is made here that's really important. He says, you are still worldly. Okay, so you have to understand that there is a a fire starter out there, and his name is Satan, and Satan has a way for us to be and believe and behave outside of Christ and he uses this thing called the world or culture and culture has values that are godless okay so you have the holy trinity the father son and holy spirit okay then you have the unholy trinity right? satan the world the values of the world of culture out there that are godless all right and then the agent of expression in that unholy trinity is your flesh your body all right, and so you see how that works. Father, creative mind, son, the agent of expression, Holy Spirit is the active power, Satan's the creative mind. The agent of expression is you, your flesh, to try to get control of you, and the active power are these values of the world. And so Paul goes, Wow, I see them acting worldly, all right, and selfishly, because the two go together. Their relationships are being destroyed. That tells me what's going on on the inside. They're not living by the spirit. Okay, so if you want a measure of am I in the spirit or am I in the flesh, you go, am I acting worldly or am I acting godly? Okay, that's how you know. Okay, so the goal of the mole take the bait, disconnect you from God, keep you immature. Third is to control my actions. Control my actions. Alright, I want us to read Galatians 5, 16 and 17, and then I'm gonna tell on myself. Alright? Alright, let's read Galatians 5, 16, and 17. Ready? So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. You see the battle? You feel the battle? I remember when I became a Christian after my senior year of high school. Just now, so here's the event where I crossed the line and I said yes to the person and work of Jesus in my life and invited him into my life, okay? Okay. Before that, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, I worked at Oak Tree Liquors. Okay? Uh, in the summers, lots of lots of weekdays during the year, on Sundays of all days to work at a liquor store. And, um, and at a liquor store, they had literature in there that is not healthy for a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior in high school. Okay? But it was just me and the store and the boss would show up later in the day so i fed on pornography in high school then i have this event and i become a christian and i learned that there's this battle right there's a part of me that wants to please god and then there's a part of me that wants to go back backwards and listen to the chump all right and so now i have a dilemma all right? Because I have all these thoughts in my head of all that garbage I put in there, and I'm trying to wash that out and wash in truth and God's word and worship. So I'm, there's this tension inside of me. And you know where the tension always hit, hit a peak was when I went to go take a shower. Okay? Because there's slippery stuff in there, and there's a body in there, and there's the flesh in there. And especially when things weren't going well, you know, there's a good feeling in there you know wink wink all right and so as a christian i love this verse because it takes me back into my walk with christ and and and, and many victories in the realm of the flesh i remember memorizing galatians five sixteen, and just knowing that okay uh, if, if you study war you analyze the losses and then you try to come up with a new strategy so you don't lose again right So I go in now, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And I quoted Galatians (laughs) 5.16 for like five to seven minutes until I got out of the shower. But did I come out of the shower victorious? Yeah, because every time I self-satisfied myself sexually, I felt small. I felt like, like a boy, like, wait, my body has more authority over my mind and spirit? Whatever in your life where your body has more authority over your mind and spirit, that thing to you is sin. Just know that. It means you're under the control of the flesh, okay? Where your mind and your heart and your body and your spirit can't, uh, can't win and your, 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 your body has control over you, that thing to you is sin. And so the goal of the mole, and I, I took it kind of personal. It's like, I don't want anything to control me except the spirit of God, amen? You know, and that's that's where the man of God is. And so we are in a battle, but you have to fight to win a victory over the mole. So let's look at how to defeat the mole. And uh, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you right now, you gotta have a calling plan. You gotta have a calling plan. And the first call that you make, if you wanna defeat the selfish, immature side of you that wants to do wrong, you gotta call on Christ, write that down. You have to call on Christ. Now, in Romans chapter seven, I'm so comforted by Romans chapter seven because the greatest Christian who ever walked the planet, Paul, struggles with his flesh. And so it's just like, all right, brother, we have something in common. And listen to, I mean, the pain in his voice. Oh, what a wretched man I am, he says in Romans 7, 24. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death, all right? Let's, re- let's finish it together. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So after saying the very thing I want to do, I don't do, the very thing I do, I hate, oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? He goes, man, it's Jesus. If you're watching and joining us in the live stream right now, it's Jesus, all right? Now, the picture that Paul paints is a really ugly, visceral picture. You know, perfect justice in the Roman system of law, if you committed murder, was to strap the dead body on you and let it kill you. So when Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will free me from this body of death? That's the picture. It's like, how do I I break free from this thing that is killing me? All right? All right, so people who are listening to his words are like, whoa, okay, I get that picture. And then he says, you know what? It's going to free you from that body of death, that thing that's going to kill you, the chump, the flesh. It's going to be Jesus Christ, and that's it. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 2, where he's kind of continuing this thought of freedom. All right, let's read it together. Ready? Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen? Amen. That's it. You know what? Sometimes when, when the chump is yakking at me, you know, when I'm driving up the hill to my house and who knows, there's maybe a girl running on the side of the road or I get angry on the road and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll quote Romans 8 two, I, I, and I'll say this. I'll say, I'm not, I don't, I'm not that guy anymore. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. All right. I declare what is true and I call on Christ. So I had to call on Christ initially to break free from the mole. All right. I call on Christ daily to break free from the mole. All right. Now, second way to defeat the mole after call on Christ is call out yourself. All right. I have an exclamation point after that. Is call out yourself, all right? Now this is an odd instruction if you're not a Christian, because a Christian knows that there's the spirit and there's the flesh, there's the new man and the old man. That's right, and so you got to call out the old man. Look at what Paul says in Romans 7:18. Let's read that together. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my chump chump nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So he's acknowledging reality. In himself, keyword self, in my flesh, nothing good. All right? There's nothing good over on that side. All right? So what's the solution? All right? Let's read Romans 13, 14 together. Ready? But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. All right? could be lust for stuff. Could be lust for sex. Could be lust for self-importance. You can lust for a lot of things outside of sex, all right? But Paul is very transparent and he calls himself out. Now, on this point, if you had like a Kenny cam and like were in my car or walking through an airport with me or whatever, you would hear me literally calling myself out, all right? Like literally, I'll, I'll be walking along. The chump will talk, right? And 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 want me to indulge something, and I'm like I'll, I'll say, that's a lie. Like if you were if you were just observing me, you're like, this guy has a dissociative disorder. <laughs> like this guy is, you know, well, but but here's the thing: when you're battling the mole, the Bible puts it into the context of a boxing match, you know, where you're throwing punches. You gotta keep you gotta keep it off a it distance. I I buffet my body, Paul says. I, I I throw punches and I don't throw punches to to beat the air. He says, you know, but I have to land punches versus just kind of swing and miss. And so, how do we do that? Well, we we call we call on Christ and then we call out ourselves. And then next, write this down: we call out the Word of God. We call out the Word of God. You call on Christ initially, you call on Him continually. You call out yourself. All right? You recognize that there's a part of you that doesn't want to please God or do what God wants to do. And then third, you call out the word of God. Look at what it says here in Psalm 37. I love this passage because it talks about the way a, a, a man of God lives. Okay, Let's read it together. Ready? The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. His tongue speaks justice. The law of God is in his heart. His steps do not... Isn't it easy to slip? Slip into old ways of thinking. And when I slip into old ways of thinking, it's easy to slip into old ways of living, old ways of relating, old ways of dealing with problems, ways that do not please God, ways that fuel the flesh, and ways that destroy my relationships with God and with people. So if I do the math of this, this truth that God just spoke to us right now, this morning if i don't want to if i don't want to slip all right what do i have to have in my heart god's word so if i look at the end of the verse it's psalm 37, 31. it's like okay if i don't want to slip okay what's the solution well i have to have the law of god in my heart what do i do when god's word is in my heart if i want to win i got to speak it and literally physically don't try to make it mysterious you just, it's just got to come out, all right, with respect to whatever that issue is, okay? Jesus modeled this for us in Matthew chapter 4. Look at, look at what he did because there's, he's perfectly man and perfectly God. Being perfectly man and to understand man and to pay for the sins of man, he had to battle the same battle that we had. So did Jesus battle the flesh, yes or no? Yes, right. His divinity and his humanity were right there alongside of each other. But he did not sin, and he's modeling for us how to manage the flesh because Satan is is speaking direct lies to his mind for him to consider, and if he lets that thought control him, the flesh will gain control, and then he will compromise his relationship with the Father, okay? So this is our template when we talk about calling out the Word of God. So now, with that as context, let's read it together. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Boom. I mean, he had rounds chambered in his heart. Can we have rounds chambered in our heart? Can we squeeze the trigger on the word of God and have it come out in words that give power and truth that kills the lie that the flesh and the world and the devil are telling us, yes or no? Yes, but you have to have it in your heart first before you can speak it. And a lot of us are being defeated today in this meeting and out there because God's word is not in your heart. So you're, you're, clicking, you're clicking the trigger, but you got nothing there. You're out of ammo. And so every time we gather to study God's word, we are loading clips into the magazine. And if you're not doing that, you don't have any bullets to fire. So when we hide God's word in our heart, okay, that that word is supposed to come out of us, right? The picture in the Bible is that it's a sword, right? And when you fight not with the edge of the sword but with the tip of the sword, you thrust it in. And that's what the Bible says. God's word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Okay? So here it is. The the inner battle, the inner heart, all right, lies coming at us. And if we don't know how to have our hand on the hilt of our sword if we don't have rounds in the chamber, how can we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength when the word of God is absent from our heart? If you feel convicted right now, you should. I feel convicted because this word is supposed to be dwelling in you. And if you're losing the battles of life, my guess is that part of the solution is you need to win time in God's word And memorize it. All right? See, that's one of the things I appreciate about my mentor, J.P. Jones. He hid God's word in his heart. He could fight the spiritual battle. And so that's one thing I saw in him. It's just like, wow, he's a man of truth. He has truth in his heart. He can speak truth. I know that J.P. doesn't memorize God's word just to to teach, I know he memorizes it for himself. And then I followed his example. It's like, man, I memorize God's word not because I teach Bible study, but because of the chump and, the, and Satan and the world that's throwing lies at me, and if I believe them and I don't have a counterattack, I'm going to lose. You follow me? Okay, so God is calling us right now to call on Christ. He's calling us to call out ourselves. He's asking us to call out the word of God. Let's read Hebrews 4.12 with energy. Ready? For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If you want a judgment and a win, you got to have the word of God on your mouth and in your heart. That's what God's word does. You don't want to know what God's word judges is the lie. It renders a spiritual judgment. But you can't fight supernatural forces with natural power. Amen? So that's why we lose. We think, oh, our resourcefulness. Oh, our skills. Oh, I'm strong. Oh, I'm. And then, you know, you see these resourceful, skilled, and strong men, all right, slaves to their flesh. In bondage. I mean, you, you scratch your head, right? Wait, he's successful in business. He's got more money than I do. He's got uh, you know, a beautiful wife, 2.5 children, and a golden retriever, and a house with a picket fence. Well, then why is he sipping and guzzling porn and buying prostitutes? Or why is the guy a rageaholic? Why is his marriage falling apart? Why is, is I'm, I was, I was going to say a word. Why is he a chump you know, to people? all right, because his flesh is in control, all right, he does not have power, he does not have the spirit of God inside of him, and so the world is scratching its head, it's like, why aren't these guys mature? Well, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit wants you mature, Satan, the world, and your flesh wants you immature, and they can get you enslaved and acting immature, people suffer, that's why people are confused when it comes to Christian men, it's like, wait, you have all the resources, you have Jesus. You have the word of God, you have the Holy Spirit, all right? And that's our next point. Here's the next part of your calling plan, all right? Call on Christ, call out yourself, call out the word of God, call in the Holy Spirit, all right? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you don't know how to call in the power of the Holy Spirit, you are powerless, okay? You are powerless, all right? Let's 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 read God's word, Ephesians 5, 17 and 18, ready? So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation but be filled with the spirit all right but be filled be being filled is the picture constantly and you guys ever do zip fizz or you ever you know put you know stuff in your drink and it just like starts bubbling out like like that's the picture all right be filled with the holy spirit all right now, you can, you can be a fool and go, well, uh, God says be filled with the Spirit, and if I'm filled with the Spirit, and I'm fueling the Spirit with the Word of God, and I'm aware of this battle, and I have tools, but I don't use them, all right, um, that's not smart. Um, and Paul uses this image, and it's an image of control. When he says, and do not get drunk with wine, he's borrowing a common image for, you know, since the dawn of man, all right? There's been spirits, little s, that cause men to behave in certain ways. You ever run into one of those guys? They tell you they love you. You know, they they start saying things they normally wouldn't say. You know, I had a roommate my freshman year and he he would have he get a few on board and then he'd start telling you, "You're a Christian and I don't follow God." And he, like like it was like a confession, you know, in vino veritas, right? <laughs> Truth in wine. Okay? Now Paul is borrowing it because the 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 spirits that we know, alcoholic or chemical things, they if we ingest them, they take over our what body. body. They take over our actions. They take over our mouths. They take over control. Then you wake up dehydrated with bruises on your body, or you know whatever, and you're like, how did that happen? All right, because it took over. All right, Paul's borrowing the image, and he's saying, don't fill up on spirits, little s fill up on spirit, big S. So that's why every day we train you to embrace the day with God in your life. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And the next words out of your mouth, if you want to win over the flesh, is Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, control me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Let's try that. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, control me. See, you just obeyed this passage of scripture. You just obeyed God's word. Don't don't get filled up on this other stuff, these other controlling agents, but fill up on God's spirit. And Jesus said, my spirit will guide you into all truth. My spirit will counsel you. My spirit will comfort you. You can hear my voice through Jesus' Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ. All right. Now that's in, in war. It's called comms. Right. Communication. Right. What is the goal of the enemy at the outset of a war to kill comms? Why? Because if you don't have communication, you can't coordinate. Right. And so that's why every day you got to establish comms. Everybody say establish comms, establish yeah. comms. That's right. Because we're in, are we in a spiritual battle. Yes. Okay. So we have to establish comms. We have to get in there. We got to, we got to learn the battle plan. All right. We have to take it in. We have to activate the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All right. Last part of the calling plan is call on God's man. I call on Christ. I call out myself. I call out the word of God. I call in the Holy Spirit and I call on God's man. Now one, one man of God to another man of God says this. Let's read 2 Timothy 2.22. Ready? Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. If you're a part of this Bible study community, online or in the room, that's what you're doing. I would like you to circle two words, with those. okay? There's a lie out there that says that I can become God's man apart from God's community. That is a lie because God created a new community of people whereby we can experience all of God's purposes, but he created it in a way where we're interconnected and dependent on each other. That's why when the Bible teaches about God's new community, the body of Christ, it's in the form of a body. But there's a lie out there that says that I can can be a Christian but disconnected from the body. Well, disconnected from the body, how do you have your function? And that's why Paul, in the Bible, he's telling these Corinthian believers, he's like, no, no one part of the body is more important than the other ones, you know? And the I can't say to the hand, I don't need you, all right? So the fact that you're here is an acknowledgement that you're part of God's new community called the church, all right, and the body of Christ. And Paul, in advising this young Man of God, he says, I know that there's a lot of temptation out there. Look at what he says. Flee from youthful lusts. Alright. So can I be 65 and be tempted by youthful lusts? Yes or no? Yes. Any age. Alright? It's the immature, selfish kind of things that we pursued when we thought, man, that's gonna really make me a man. Alright? Alright. And, and 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 Timothy is pastoring. In Ephesus, and Ephesus has all, I mean, it was a center of paganism and hedonism and false gods and idolatry. So as a young man of God trying to live out his life in a, an environment like that, he says, you got to have your no and you got to have your yes. You got to have flee and you got to have pursue. And the Bible says, and Paul Paul says to this man of God, God's saying to us, is Run from temptation, run to God, and run with a pack. All right, everybody say, run from temptation, run from temptation. Okay, run to God, run to God, run with a pack. Okay, that's the, that's the import. There's action words, flee and pursue, all right? Flee what? What the chump says, all right? Pursue what the spirit says. What's the spirit gonna say? Hey, why don't you pursue godliness and faith and love and peace, all right? And then God says, don't do it alone, all right? Everybody say this with me. Isolation kills, Isolation kills. Connection, conquers. connection conquers, right? It's just like, man, either we have an offensive line or we're vulnerable to those, that defensive troop that's gonna come tackle us for a loss, all right? And that's why we're all here, guys. The world is waiting for God's men to enact their calling plan And to be in Christ and to have an awareness that there's a battle within and to have God's word planted in their heart and coming out of their mouth and winning the spiritual battle of truth versus lies, filled with the Holy Spirit and doing it together. Amen? That's why we're all here, okay? And I'm so glad you are. So um, that's how you defeat the mole within. You resolve the conflicts inside of you. If you don't, they ripple into the relationships right beside you with God and with people. And so let's bow our heads and let's ask God uh, to help us in that battle. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the clarity of your word. Thank you that uh, even though sometimes we do the very things we don't wanna do, we are not in despair or hopeless. It's not fatal or final because of Jesus Christ. Oh, wretched man that we are, who will free us from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We declare that in this space right now. That we have victory over the flesh through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through his finished work on the cross, through the blood of the lamb. And so, Lord, we say no to taking the bait. We want a relationship with you that never gets disconnected. We want to grow up. We want the spirit in control of our actions. And so we call on you, even as we call out ourselves, oh, God, help us in the areas where we're making provision for the chump, for the flesh. Where we're in bondage to anger or lust or self-importance or materialism, oh God. And we pursue things that are not God to try to give us things that only God can give us. And so, Lord, help us to have a strong relationship with your word. Lord, I pray for every man of God that he will have a close relationship with the word of God. And then, Lord, as we develop that relationship with the word of God, I pray that the spirit of God would give us illumination and revelation and power so that we can go back into the world from this meeting in power and in authority and on the winning team. Thank you for this team of God's men. Help us to commit to connect and be dangerous with goodness and the power of the spirit and let us handcuff and arrest the power of the flesh so that the world can see what shining the light of Christ really is through each man in this room and listening online. In Christ's name we pray, and God's men said, amen. Amen.